0: I invite your attention to Acts chapter 9, verse 36 through about 43. We're going to look at the story of Dorcas, story of Tabitha, otherwise known as Dorcas. You see that right there in your Bible. There are many things that would attract us to the story of, of Dorcas. Certainly there is a resurrection involved here. There is a funeral scene involved here. There is the continuous work of the apostle Peter involved here. Dorcas herself is worth certainly worth our time in studying and looking at and analyzing the very fact that God chose for this to be part of the book of Acts is also very um, attracting. In looking at uh, Dorcas uh, this morning, we will simply notice Dorcas herself, and we'll see uh, just some ideas uh, related to who she was. And then also we'll look at some unsung heroes in this story, as there always are. There's always people behind the scenes uh, doing quite valuable Work. We'll look at Peter himself, and then finally we'll look at death and draw our lesson to a conclusion. Notice, first of all, though, some things about uh, Dorcas herself. She uh, is a, a disciple. You'll notice that in Acts 9, 36 and 37. She is a disciple. She lives, she lives at Joppa, and Joppa, if you look at your Bible map, if you look at your if you look at your Bible map in the back of your Bible uh, at the life of Christ and you look find Jerusalem and go over to the left you'll find that Joppa is on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea okay. this is where this is where uh, Dorcas lives and abides and she is a disciple that's very important very, very important word in our Bibles she is a disciple of Jesus. Okay, what about a disciple? Quickly, 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 quickly. Let's review what a disciple is. According to John 8 and, and 31, Jesus said, if, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So first, a disciple is a learner, one who learns the truth and, and knows about it and sticks with it and follows it. Okay? Then Luke 14, 26, 27, and 33 tells us that a disciple is one who commits wholly unto the Lord. Commits wholly unto the Lord. There in Luke 14, 26, uh, we are to love God more than our own families. In Luke uh, 14, 27, we are to love God and bear uh, His own cross. And then Luke 14, uh, 33 says uh, we must renounce all that we have if we're going to be his disciple. And so a disciple is one who commits wholly unto uh, the Lord. But then we read from Jesus and the Great Commission, Matthew 28 and verse 19. He teaches us, uh, he tells us, commands us to go therefore and, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so a disciple is one who has obeyed. a disciple is one who has been baptized for the remission of sins into a relationship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 11, 26, the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. So this this is who Dorcas is. She is a disciple. She has learned about the Lord. She is wholly following Him. She's been baptized into Christ. She is a Christian. She has been... She has been impacted. We're we're going to sing here in just a little while. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Her sins have been washed away by the blood of our Lord. She is a disciple. She's at Joppa. Now, if you look at your Bible, you won't see a letter written to the Christians or the saints in Joppa. But still, those disciples there in Joppa are just as heaven-bound as the saints uh, who abide in Philippi or the saints who abide in Antioch or the saints who abide in Jerusalem, These folks also out there by the Mediterranean Sea, they have heard the gospel, they've embraced it, they're living by it, and they are heaven-bound, We may consider ourselves to be heaven-bound, but there are a lot more people around the world who are heaven-bound just like we are. Do you know there's gonna be people in heaven who've never heard of PTP? There's gonna be people in heaven who've never heard of CYC? There's gonna be people in heaven never heard of a BBS, but they're still gonna be there because all they did was embrace the gospel and live by it and serve their Lord Jesus. Okay? And so Dorcas, first of all, is a disciple, but secondly, notice here in your Bible, Acts 9, 36 and 37, she is full of good works. You see that? And Acts of Charity. Of course she is. She has become a Christian. Okay. That's what happens. That's part of, that's part of learning. Uh, the gospel is that you learn that as you're committed to Christ, of course you're going to be full of good works. This is, this is not something that, that you learn later in your Christian life. This is, learn, this is something you learn as you become a Christian. Okay. Well, how do you know that? Very important verse. Ephesians 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10. Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says there that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now that creation there is important. You see that Ephesians 2 verse 10? We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. But that creation there in Ephesians 2 verse 10 is not going back to Genesis 1 and the creation, God's original creation of, of the universe and man uh, in the beginning. This is talking about our spiritual creation. Look right here. Ephesians 2 beginning in verse 8. Beginning in verse 8 in Ephesians 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith, this not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Then it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. This is a spiritual creation. Okay. When we come to Christ and obey the gospel and submit uh, to baptism, that brings forgiveness of our sins and that recreates us in the sight of God. 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, "If anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation, a new creature. Old things are passed away; all things have become new." Okay, so God creates us in Christ Jesus for what purpose? For good works. There we go. For good works. Ephesians two verse ten. Of course, Dorcas is going to be full of good works. And if you keep reading in Acts nine here. You see, her good works has a lot to do with making garments and has a lot to do with widows because there's a lot of widows there expressing uh, sympathy. Okay. But she is full of good works and everybody could show exactly what she had been doing. But also, Dorcas is one who fell ill and she died. As you see in this, this reading here in Acts 9, 36 to 43, she fell ill and died. this teaches us uh, many things but it teaches us that being a christian does not does not automatically protect us from other things going on in the world right we're in this world but we don't follow this world okay we we don't follow the ways of the world we follow the ways of jesus christ but nonetheless we still live in this world and this is a this is a sin condemned world and as being in the world then we're also, we're going to face sickness. If someone comes down with a sickness, it doesn't make them any less of a person than anyone else. It's just part of being in this world. You think about Lazarus. He was one of the best friends that Jesus had while our Lord was on this earth. Lazarus became very sick and he died. I think about the men, I read about this guy a lot. Philippians 2, 25 to 30, Paul mentions a a Christian by the name of Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus is described as a very faithful servant and communicator and minister. He became sick, Paul said. While he was there serving with Paul in Rome, he became uh, sick. In 1 Timothy 5 and, and 23, Paul instructs Timothy. Now Timothy was a very, excellent young preacher, a godly man uh, of his own. But Paul, listen to what Paul says to him. He says, don't just drink water any longer, but also use a little wine for your stomach's sake and your, and your many infirmities. Oftentimes, Timothy was facing sicknesses that he had to deal with. He didn't stop serving the Lord. It's just part of life. And this was part of the life of, that came upon Dorcas and she fell ill and died. Here are just a few things about Dorcas, about Tabitha, and what a wonderful lady she is. And we have many of that sort among us. I appreciate Brother Marl mentioning in his prayer earlier today how many of our ladies serve through our own Dorcas group. And ladies not even associated with our Dorcas group still do many wonderful works uh, throughout uh, the days. These are just a few things about Dorcas. Now, the second part of our lesson is to notice uh, some of the unsung heroes in this story, some of the people who are working uh, behind the scenes. For example, you'll notice there in your text that there are disciples. Tabitha is not the only disciple in Joppa. There's other disciples there. Okay. How did that happen? Okay. That, just does, that doesn't just happen. It just doesn't pop up. Hey, there's some disciples over here in, in Joppa. No, someone had to take the old Jerusalem gospel and go from Jerusalem and go all the way over to the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and there preach the gospel. We were singing earlier, send the light. Somebody has sent the light. Somebody had carried the light of the gospel over to the coast of the Mediterranean Sea so that people could be availed of that, people could hear that, and they could respond to it. So someone took the gospel to the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. There are many people doing that uh, kind of work uh, today. We ought to raise up their, their hands, and, 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 but the Lord knows what uh, they're doing and then when, when Dorcas died, there were some folks there who washed her body, prepared her body, and laid her body up in the upper room. That's a very, that's a very distinguished, that's a very distinct, very important work that has always happened on this earth. Okay. It brings a lot, of, a lot of respect to the family. It brings a lot of respect uh, uh, to the loved one. And um, it's, a, it's a very honored work. We remember that when Jesus died on the cross, John 19, 38, that a man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea came, along with Nicodemus he came. And then some other faithful women joined in the task, and they, they took the body of Jesus and prepared that body and laid it in the new tomb, in, the, in Joseph's own tomb. Very, very important work. And then also, there were those who sent for Peter. They had heard, if you look at the paragraph above this story of Dorcas there in Acts 9, Peter was laboring in a place called Lydda that was close by, and there he had healed a, a lame man by the name of Aeneas. And so they heard Peter was there, and he was close by. And so there were two, I think, that sent or there were some that sent two men up to retrieve uh, Peter, a very important work. You know, they didn't—they didn't have texting. They couldn't—they couldn't—they couldn't call on the phone. They couldn't text. Somebody had to go and retrieve uh, Peter for this important work. And then there are those who came to express sympathy. There were those who were there, who were weeping uh, with the family, and they were showing the garments. Of of Dorcas, and what an incredible work! And and this past uh, several days, we have been uh, on on the receiving end of people showing such kindness. Many of you have showed such kindness in coming. Several several of you heard uh, this past week, um, without getting into long details. But there were uh, two preachers who jumped on a plane Wednesday morning from India, Kakanata, India, to come and be at uh, Kelly's mother's funeral Friday. And um, and then they jumped back on the plane uh, yesterday and went back home. That's 30-something hours on a plane to come and show respect because they had been knowing um, Kelly's dad's family for quite several years and those kinds of things are very respectful. It's an important work, okay. And this is what is being done in Dorcas's case uh, as well. And then, if you'll read in your passage here, you'll notice that as Peter comes, he will, he will bring Dorcas back to life, and that causes quite a bit of attention to come uh, to Peter and to the Gospel, okay? And this is the design of those miracles in those days, was for people to know that, hey, the word that Peter preaches and, and, the, and the word that the other disciples are preaching, it is coming from heaven. Okay. So it grabbed people's attention. But you know, after that, somebody's got to sit down with these folks. If, if they're going to believe in the Lord and become followers, of, somebody's got to sit down with them. The miracle just didn't make believers the miracle gets the attention. The, the miracle would, would confirm that the word is from heaven, but then after that, somebody's gotta teach that word. And these, those teaching the word there and helping people become believers uh, are not mentioned, but there's somebody teaching the word. Peter was able to stay in Joppa for a while, and continue preaching, and he was able to stay at a man's house by the name of Simon, Simon the Tanner. So Simon was serving in a very important way as well. In any situation, no matter where you're at, if gospel work is taking place, there are always people behind the scenes doing so much valuable work. This verse from Hebrews chapter uh, 6 and verse 10, Hebrews 6 and verse 10, it says, God is not unrighteous to forget the work and the labor of love that you show toward the saints. Alright, underline that in your Bibles. Hebrews 6 and verse 10. Hebrews 6 and verse 10. God is not unrighteous. God, in other words, God never forgets a thing. Isn't that, wouldn't that be wonderful? God knows all and remembers all. God sees all and remembers all. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and the labor of love that you have shown toward his saints. In the third place uh, this morning, let's focus just for a minute or two on Peter himself. Peter himself. Peter is very busy serving the Lord. Right here in Acts 9, doing important work in Lydda, and then again he'll do some important work in Joppa, In Acts 10, he will be sent to the household of Cornelius, a very important gospel event and conversion of Cornelius and his household. And then he'll need to defend what he does with Cornelius in Acts chapter 11. Peter is very busy serving the Lord, but we remember that night that Jesus was betrayed and that night that Peter denied. We remember that Peter went out And he wept bitterly. Can you imagine that sort of night, that sort of weekend that Peter had leading up to the resurrection of Jesus? How heartbroken he must have been, how disappointed he must have been in himself. But if we truly repent, God will bring brighter days for us. If we truly repent, If we truly follow the Lord, then there will be brighter days. You know what? Those brighter days may be on the other side and that would be just okay, wouldn't it? That would be okay. Did you know that when when you get out of this life, that's just the beginning. It's an eternity. If, you need to, it's an if someone turns to the Lord at age 87 and passes away the next year, that is a wonderful event because they've got a lot of brighter days ahead. More than we can ever talk about because that will be eternity. And then notice this miracle of Peter. and You can read it for yourself here in Acts 9, but he, he does come. He comes to the upper room. He asks everybody else to get out. He, he kneels first of all and he prays. And then he turns himself to the body of Tabitha. And he takes her hand. Well, he first says, Tabitha, arise. And then she sets up. And then he gives her his hand. And helps her to get up. And then he presents her to the multitude alive. (laughs) It don't matter how many times you read that. It's just an amazing story. What is God doing through Peter here? What is it that brings sickness? What is it that made Aeneas to be paralyzed there in Acts 9? What is it that has caused... caused, um, Dorcas, to grow sick and to die. It is sin. Sin entered into the world. And death through sin. Okay. What is God doing through Peter? God is saying, look, if I, can, if I can take care, if I can handle the effects of sin, which is being paralyzed and, and, and getting sick, and die, if I can handle the effects of sin, then I can handle the removal of sin. That is one of the big things we take From the miracles of the Bible. We don't need any more miracles today. We've got the miracles of the Bible, and here's what we take from the miracles of the Bible. If God can take care of the effects of sin, He can take care of the removal of sin. And that's not my words, it's Jesus. Mark chapter 2, verse 10, as Jesus had just healed a man, okay, who had been brought in on the stretcher. Remember that? Mark 2, verse 10. I don't hear many pages turning, but are you just waiting on me to to quote it or something? Okay. Okay. Mark 2, verse 10. Okay. I'm just delaying to make sure I remember what it says. (laughs) It says something like this. Jesus said before he heals the man, he says that the world may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins... I say unto you, take up your bed and go home. And that's exactly what the man did immediately. But notice notice the reasoning behind Jesus' words there. He says, so that the world may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. See, God in dealing with the effects of sin is showing us that he also is the only one who can remove our sins. There's power in the blood of Jesus. And then finally, this morning, what about death? What are some things we learn about death? I automatically run to 1 Corinthians 15:55, where Paul, Paul had been discussing the resurrection of Jesus, but also our own resurrection and change of our bodies on the Judgment Day. And he, he just asked the question, "Oh death, where is your sting? "Oh grave, where is your victory?" we have the wherewithal to face death and to face Satan because of Christ. Where is your sting? Think about it. What is God showing through Christ? God's own power. We rely on God's own power at death. We rely on the very real fact that Jesus himself was raised from the dead. That's the first fruits. That shows us that we will be raised from the dead too. We rely on the fact that that God, as He promises in 1 Corinthians 15, that that He's going to bring us a new body, we put our hope in that new body. Plus what have we got? We've got comfort from God's own word. We've got comfort from people who will come from all over the world. And we've got we've got knowledge about the end times. You know, God hasn't left us completely in the dark about death. He tells us quite a bit about life, death, and beyond, does he not? You know, the Here's a couple of remarks I made at the Grace side the other day. I said, well, first of all, our bodies, our bodies, they are a wonderful gift from God. They are. But second thing about our bodies, our bodies are temporary. Nobody stays here on earth forever. No one. Not one of us. No one stays on earth forever. We're temporary. Our bodies are to be useful to the glory of God. Absolutely. We've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Our bodies do not represent the real us. The real us is that which is the, the inner man within us. Our soul, our heart, our mind. That's the real us. And then, what about that new body? Yeah, there are struggles in this body. And there's going to be more struggles in this body as we live. But what about that new body? With all this knowledge, plus what's happening here with Dorcas? Okay. Satan, you have worked and you have become the father of liars. Yes, you have brought sickness into this world, you have brought death into this world. But look ye here, Satan, that. Through the death of Dorcas, there are other souls being saved from their sins. What do you think about that, Satan? What do you think about that? Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Satan, now what do you think about that? God can take the very worst you've got to throw at us and create more souls for Him, more souls for His glory. So the story of Dorcas really can touch our hearts if we let it. This is a powerful song that we're going to sing. At one time, Dorcas trusted in what Jesus did on the cross. And she was baptized for the remission of her sins. She became a disciple. A disciple full of good works. A disciple with a great deal of hope. That can be what each of us can have. Let's think about that as we stand and sing. Brother Paul, can you sing?